Welcome to another episode of the Seminar Files. This is L. Hey, B. Hashtag feminism. African queen. African queen. Three black women. Where's the lie? So y'all laughing at me? That's who we're gonna start the show today. Yeah. We love you though. Well, we need some we need some laughter because this is about to be a very somber episode. I don't know why it is. I don't know why y'all did that. But no 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 no. That's not y'all. That should. (laughs) No, don't even because you were the one that submitted the articles. Thank you. So first of all, actually, let's get it, let's get it straight. I said, can we talk about mental health today? Well, we that do was... need to talk about mental health. Exactly. So just because exactly. who is your special wait. guest? Wait, who's your special guest to talk about mental health? Who, KB? <laughs> KB. Like you saw you every goddamn day. <laughs> you ain't no special guest. Wait, now, no, now what you are doing put some respect are... on my name. Put some respect. Using... On my name, are we using so the government are, name? No, are we? No, we not. I That's a special okay. guest. It's you not the KB. It's Thank not the KB today. <laughs> we don't have a special guest. What we have is somebody using another skill set that she possesses and sharing <laughs> that with the podcast and our listeners. Oh God! Okay, how you doing? I'm not gonna do this with y'all. How? Because y'all ain't gonna put the respect on my name. How you doing, El? You know, it has been a long week and i wish i could drink what you are drinking kb can Listen, i say that you gotta get these sponsorships so i'm just trying to keep with the energy so right but what you know what but i'm actually very very proud of myself so both of you know i started a six-week fitness challenge last mm-hmm. week and this morning i weighed myself and i am down almost nine pounds Shit, I need to get on your program. You get on my nerves. Why do you drop weight? You just drop weight when you're ready to do it. It's just, I I can't drop it like that. No, 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 no. Let me tell you why I'm dropping weight like that. So first of all, I do kickboxing three days a week. That's the first thing. The second thing is they also give us a coach with a fitness plan. My coach has restricted my caloric intake. So right now I can have 1300 calories a day. And she's managing my macros. That's normal. 1300 calories a day? Yeah. Oh, well, well, last week she started me at 1200. And remember I told you, I was like, okay, that's great. That's a Nutri-Grain bar. You can eat a Nutri-Grain bar. You can eat like an apple or something. So you, you get an extra snack. The yeah, increase the increase. Of calories. I hate going through that withdrawal. You know that withdrawal as I eat some sweet talk <laughs> right now. That but withdrawal. Listen, but listen, let me let me tell you something. Like real talk. Is that why you was rude last week? You was hangry. So first of all, <laughs> that was two weeks ago. You were still hangry. No, I wasn't. Well, I was angry, but it wasn't because I started the fitness plans because my period was about to start. Oh, it, it it do be like that. It be like then that. We, KB and we and first of all, should KB be a messy because she and I had this conversation offline 
I forgot. Betwixt the two of us. I forgot. And now she's going to bring it with you and with the listeners. But that's all right, though. That's okay. I'm sorry. I forgot. Continue. Anywho, pressing on. So, no. So, I, so honestly, though, KB, like, I really have not felt any cravings. And it's because... I'm eating like the right things. And I'm also saving money. So can I share that as well? Like I'm not buying breakfast and lunch every goddamn day. Like I have food at home. I take oatmeal and I have either strawberries or blueberries with it, which is actually really good. A little gave with it. I tried to put in almonds one day, but I realized almonds have a lot of fat. So I was like, let me cut that out. So yeah, I'm excited. And then for, oh, for dinner this week, I actually made some stuffed peppers with like ground turkey, black beans, some diced tomatoes. It was delicious. Okay, then. <laughs> Let me hold five dollars though. I know, right? <laughs> Y'all That's the only thing I heard this whole conversation. All right. Yeah, you got money. Let me hold five dollars. You got it. Five dollars. So how Whatever. you doing, Sue? Well, congrats Elle, on this on this achievement. Y'all know my goal is to lose 40 by 40. So oh that's so cute. Thank you. But I'm gonna be looking like Miss Piggy, so I need to join in. I'm gonna I'm Girl, gonna shut up. Thank you, Shug. Oh no, I'm looking like Miss Piggy. But I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start real soon. When I finish this bag of candy I got, then I'm gonna start. Go ahead though. Don't pay her no mind. I'm not paying you no mind. Anyway, so speaking of fitness goals, you're not the only one that's back on her on her fitness. I finally decided to um I finally decided to go back to the gym. So the gym that I used to go to was closer to my job. So at least that way after I got off work or before I went to work, it'd be like, okay, I don't have an excuse. It's on the way to work. But since we've been in the house for almost two years, I haven't been going as often as I used to. So I finally joined the one that's down the street. So now I literally have no excuse because I can walk from my house to the gym. It's that close. So, and it's only $10. So it's like, all right, like, so I've been doing that. But the only thing now is that I can't tell if I'm really super duper tired because I've started working out again. Or I don't know if it's my period or if it's just like getting older, but I slept for 11 and a half hours on Monday night. I've never slept that long before. You, you slept straight or you woke up? I mean, like I would like toss and turn, wake up for maybe five minutes and then go back to sleep. But it was like a solid 11 and a half hours. Were you really full before you went to sleep? No, I was just really freaking exhausted. Okay. That's something to watch. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, and then because even last night I got, according to my Fitbit, I got over nine hours. So it's like, yeah, that's good. But it's I'm not worried about the nine um, hours. The eleven that seems a bit excessive. That's excessive. Yeah, so that's why I was like, "Mm." and then even now I'm not going to work tonight because I'm not feeling it. But I've just been like really tired lately so I was like maybe I need to go to the doctor and get that checked out because that's not normal for me yeah I can check certain blood levels see you know what may be going on from a body wise but anyway good to know yeah we could talk about that but what's going on with you KB 
Well, I'm enjoying. I'm the only one sipping on something. I'm sorry, I'm if I sip, no, if I sip on something, I'm going to sleep on y'all. Like, I ain't even gonna lie. Oh, Lord. So I'm sipping on a great red wine. Yes, you know my favorite. Let's tell you what it is because we ain't getting no sponsorships yet. And that's what we're going yeah. for. Okay, but what is, is it? A cab? Is it a Merlot? What what is it? I'll tell you I'm around. Okay. No, uh, what? I can't, I can't. More than anybody on this podcast, huh? Ooh, my bad, homie. Don't call for me unless I send for you. Isn't that what the kids say? But anyway. Okay, Kenya. Oh, that's what she, oh, I hate her. Okay, I don't hate her, but I, I dislike her. Okay, so anyway, great red wine. Work is still work. It's, I'm looking for new opportunities. So keep me in y'all prayers. You know, we about to figure that part out, me and Jesus. My little KB getting ready to strangle her every other day. Ooh, this preteen. I don't even want to see what teen um, years look like because it's preteen. We about to fight. So that's happening. Oh, and I mean, everything else is, you know, remaining constant. So we are here and, you know, just trying to breathe, live, survive, but also thrive. So that's my goal. Okay. Good for you. So, Shug? Yes. What's going on? So it is Black History Month. <laughs> Yay. Yes. And I just want to say before we start that, that I was a part of the largest I guess you call it book club or whatever with Dr. Carr. We just finished the miseducation of the Negro. Of course, we all read this in college, especially if you go to HBCU. And it was funny because I didn't have Africans. You didn't read that? I've never read. Oh my God. Okay. 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 So this is my second time reading it. And, uh, you know, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Carter G. Woodson since this is Black History Month. We started off as Black History Week. So um, take it away, Shara. Sorry, Shug. Take it away. Nah, you're good. So, you know, Shug is about to be a celebrity. Right? Uh, Shug about, about to be on National Geographic with her and talking about her ancestors. I told y'all I need to be the assistant. Go. Ain't nobody's going to be no celebrity. I did not get paid for this. So I, I do believe celebrities get paid for their endeavors. However, all the time, um, like, can you tell us about the documentary and the film and your interview and all that good stuff? Yeah, so I think I mentioned it when it was happening or right after it happened. But back in the October time frame, had to go back home to Mobile because the National Geographic, they've actually been shooting this documentary, I want to say, for over a year now. Basically, how the whole thing got started was about a year or so, or maybe it was, no, it was actually two years because this was before the pandemic started. So it was right before COVID hit, National Geographic was having this big thing at the museum in D.C. Um, talking about the Clotilda, which is the last slave ship that came to America, and they were screening this film and having a conversation with some of the people who were involved like people have written books um people found you know they've done various documentaries and things of that nature but the big news was that they finally found the ship about three years ago so there's renewed interest in the Clotilda so they wanted to shoot a documentary with some of the descendants you know 
which I am one. So I told my family's side of the story, basically how we got here. But basically the documentary is retracing the steps of um, what happened. Basically what happened was, you know, back in 1860, I'm just going to put it out there. Some white men got together and was like, you know, they made a bet and they were like, I bet we could go to Africa and steal a whole bunch of niggers and bring them back to America and not get caught. So that's how the story started. So they left from Mobile. They ended up going to what is now Benin and purchasing 125 people. They only brought back 110. They left 15 people on the shore, came back, landed in um, Alabama close to Mobile. And, you know, from there, they dispersed, you know, the various people into to plantation. Some stayed in Mobile, some went to Montgomery, some went to Selma. And, you know, it's basically the story of how they did it, why they did it. They ended up burning the ship so that they could cover up the crime. Like, cause there's still possible court case. Like somebody could still end up paying for this, even though it's over 160 years later, but, you know, to get rid of all of the evidence, they burned the ship. Um, but They've had dive teams go down there to the ship. It's still like mainly intact and they're doing all kinds of DNA analysis and all kinds of really cool stuff. But you'll learn more about that in the documentary. And that is premiering on February 7th at 10 p.m. Eastern on the National Geographic channel. And then after that, it will be available on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. So, um, on a social media, um, we got a you gotta send a flyer or something we can capture and put it up. Yes. Yeah. And let everybody know that sugar is gonna be on there. Oh god. But yeah, I have um <laughs> I have like some video clips that I can um send you guys if you want to post something. And one of our line sisters has really good eyes because she hit me up and she was like, I think I just saw you on TV. And when I finally saw the commercial, I was like, bro, I was in that for all of like. I don't even think a full second. So I was like, how did you know it was me? And she was like, I know my people. But anyway, so. I can guess which one it was, too. Who? I want to know. Oh, so look. The 14. The 14. Oh. Was it the 14? I'll I'll tell you after the the show. (laughs) Somebody might know our numbers. But anyway. You're right. That reminds me of that MasterCard. You remember I texted y'all and said, I think I just saw Ariane Reed on the MasterCard commercial. Well, I she still haven't there. seen that. You have yeah. seen it? They're playing it, it a lot. Yes. But They're yeah, I mean, because it, doesn't she have this initiative with um, Black women businesses or something that she's doing well, something with? So yeah. yeah. MasterCard Okay. Yeah, like the fear. Yeah, she started the Fearless Fund a few years ago, but also, you know, she was just named to the board of directors for. I think it was Steve Madden. I think it was Steve Madden. Yes. Yes. Oh, I wonder if she's doing anything with Delta. Is she active with Delta? uh, We could reach out to her. Well, we could reach out to people that know her that would be able to answer that question. We know her. We are fucking. Anywho, pressing on because y'all acting brand new like y'all know people. So the so the NFL is I don't want to say up to their old shenanigans that we know the Super Bowl is coming up, but they get called out on their shit. Well, they are. So what's happening is is that ex or former I don't want to say ex, but former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores 
is suing the NFL and all of its franchises for racial discrimination. So the reason why this is important is because for decades, the NFL has been criticized for its paucity of black coaches, basically meaning that their lack of. And now Flores plans to hold the league's feet to the legal fire. So in the lawsuit states that Mr. Flores has determined that the only way to effectuate real change is through the courts, where the NFL's conduct can be judged by a jury of Mr. Flores's peers, a judgment that is long overdue. And he's proposing that the suit is filed as a class action suit. He also claims that he was informed by New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick that the New York Giants head coaching job had gone to someone else three days before Flores was scheduled to interview for the position. He calls the Giants interview process a sham through which he was humiliated. Coach Flores also alleges that before getting the Dolphins job, he interviewed with the Denver Broncos, a meeting for which then general manager John Elway, who is a former NFL star, was an hour late and appeared to be hung over. Mr. Flores also claims in the suit that he was only interviewed for that job because of the Rooney Rule, which is an NFL policy that requires teams to interview minority candidates for head coaching jobs, and that the Broncos never considered him a legitimate candidate for the job. And currently, there's only one Black head coach in the NFL, which is my boo, Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Although there are still a few positions open, including that of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I just read an article that said Byron Leftwich is pulling his name out of the hat, which I'm really upset about, but we'll talk about that in a second. Flores's law firm estimates that around 70% of the NFL players are Black. Yeah, I okay, mean, I'm not... Oh, go, um, go ahead, I'm not surprised by those statistics and it's like you know I know everybody watches the NFL but it just kind of always rubbed me the wrong way because it reminds me of modern day slavery like you have majority of these black players who are on the field and you know it's entertaining but it's still a very violent sport so these black men are hurting themselves for your entertainment yet and still the people who are profiting off of all of this they don't look like us so yeah you know, especially like the people in the front offices, majority of them, they don't look like us. So it's just kind of, it just kind of always rubbed me the wrong way. Let me say this. I don't actually care about the NFL. I agree with you completely, Should This isn't surprising. This is who they are. Mm-hmm. This is NFL. So I think we spent way too much time talking about that. Um, the fact that he's doing a suit. Okay. But again, we already noticed about them. And this isn't going to stop people from watching it. Like, let's just keep it a buck. No Absolutely one, not. People no. are not giving up watching the NFL. People are going to still watch the Super Bowl. People are still going to do the same thing, knowing what the situation is. So are we going to get fake mad? Okay. No, I don't think it's fake mad, but I think it. I think Flores should be commended because he's a person who basically has the balls and the gumption to sue the NFL and to bring them to task for what people have claimed that they've been doing for years. Hell, they've done a lot of things over the years and they haven't been brought to task. I think this no, is- No, but, I'm, but I'm saying he's bringing them to task though. So I'm saying yeah. he should what be- What did Colin Kaepernick do? 
What did Colin Kaepernick's thing show? What What did his action show? That they don't give a shit. No, I'm just, it, they don't give a shit. Right, but I, but I think the difference is, I mean, I definitely appreciate Colin and what he did, but my thing is, is that the fact that Brian Flores has enough gumption to bring a court case against them, to me, that's significant. Okay, he still wants to play for the league. I mean, he still wants to coach. He said he feels like his his call is to coach. So he still wants to coach for a racist-ass league. Nothing will stop. That's it. Well. I mean, I'm glad he's going to get a check out of this. I hope he gets him a check. Well, he also, I think stop. he, right. But he, well, actually, he also said that even though he loves the game, he said he's willing to step away from that to bring the NFL to task. For sure. And I heard him in an interview saying he still wants to coach and he's up for some jobs now. He's applying. I think that one piece that you did talk about with interviewing just to interview, I think that's one of the negative things that have come out of a lot of this George Floyd and um, Mm -hmm. acting. Um, I can give you an exact example of what's happening currently uh, with me, you know, interviewing for new positions and one group I get, you know, I'm told I'm moving to the next level. They want to interview y'all. I got one interview with like three or four people on the panel. The other group that I'm also um, buying for, I got a request to interview. They're going to move me forward for an interview panel. I have like four or five interviews over a week time span. So I'm feeling like group one, this is just to say that they are interviewing somebody of a diverse background that they're mm-hmm. not really taking it seriously. Whereas mm-hmm. group two, it's kind of, I know the disease state, I know the folks, blah, blah, blah. This is an actual interview. Now I'm still going to go in group one and show out because you don't want to have a negative interview regardless, but it's almost like wasting my time. Mm-hmm. So while they act like they're doing all these things to improve diversity in certain settings, like you said, there's one head coach out of the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. nothing else needs to be said that's it right yeah. so but wait i'm gonna say one more thing because i like i think i think it needs to be noted that our former classmate and former famu rattler quarterback byron leftwich who is the offensive coordinating coach for tampa bay was previously interviewing and being considered for the head coaching job with the jacksonville jaguars which to me is amazing for a number of reasons, right? So aside from the fact that Byron's saying in Florida, Byron played for Jacksonville right out of college. The Jaguars drafted him. So it would have been a homecoming of sorts. However, he's pulling his name out of the hat because he does not want to work with, well, the rumors are, let me say that. The rumors are that he does not want to work with the current general manager for Jacksonville. And because the front office and because the owner is not willing to make that change, Byron's like, you know what? I'm going to bow out. I'm going to stay in Tampa. So needless to say, I'm very sad that he's not going to Jacksonville. And I just want all black Byron's from D.C. And I, just still, I still want all black people to stop supporting the NFL. But we know that people today are not really willing to make sacrifices. So that's not going to happen in order to really have some change. Because this is a capitalistic world and nothing moves them but money. So when you withdraw your viewership, when those 
sponsorship stops dropping, all those pieces start really happening, that's when you're going to see more than one person or more than two people mentioned when the majority of a football team is Black. So I again, still not moving me. And I just, again, wish that people would actually take this seriously and want to actually make a change. Can you imagine if we didn't have the, the bus boycott, right? Like we'd probably still be sitting in the same situation because it's the same thing. You got people who are not willing to give up that seat at the, well, I ain't finna walk X amount of miles to get to work. People sacrificed. Mm-hmm. And we are just not a culture that sacrifices to that. It's about what right. we still want to enjoy. But we also mobilize together. And I feel like as a community, we don't come together anymore like we used to. There was a call of action and we didn't come together. I mean, I know you still watch the NFL. It's a lot of people that still watch it. We didn't mobilize. Well, I did stop for a while. I stopped for a long while. Don't do that, KB. I did. But that's part of the problem. It's like that you can't stop and go back. You got to stop It's not going to be no change because we don't sacrifice. We don't stop. Right. So yeah. I don't want to hear any NFL stories because what are we surprised about? There's another coach that was mentioned I saw on the news with throwing games or something. Another black coach that's a former coach. So it's like two of them right now, along with Brian. It's another one besides Brian making a claim. So it's a lot of shit that's happening. But hmm. but thanks for bringing the story. Great discussion. No problem. No problem. So on a somewhat positive note, if President Biden keeps to his promise and to what he said, we could be seeing our first black female, our first black woman. Sorry, I can't say female. Our first black woman to oh, say female? I don't think we no. can say female. Okay, sorry. No. <laughs> Hotep say female, KB. I can't keep up with the no, Me either. And I want to be no hotep. No, be, we don't say, say woman. About don't say that about them. I want to be no hotep. Well, I'll say, I, call me hotep. Um, you say woman. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm saying hoteps are the ones that say female, right? Yeah. So female. Yeah, I don't want to be a hotep, so I'm saying any, woman. Yeah, anything can, you know, you could a female dog, a female rabbit, a female what? So a female human is a woman. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in any event, we you. could be seeing our first black woman join the Supreme Court if Joe Biden keeps to his election promise and to the statement that he made a few weeks ago when Stephen uh, Breyer, 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 said that he was going to step down and retire from the Supreme Court. So we'll see what happens. Did y'all see Ted Cruz's comment? Like they're making such a big issue about this being a Black woman. First of all, he, like you said, he ran off of this. So this is not news that he said he was, what's news is he's going to actually do it, <laughs> but that's not the news that he called it out as a black woman, but Ted Cruz's comments, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he was like, black women only make up 6% of the population, so just the other 96% don't matter, I mean, 94% don't matter, I couldn't believe this fool. But here, here's, here's the thing now, and this is what pisses me off because it's like people try to marginalize us, but they always want us to come to their fucking aid at the last minute or they, they appreciate the way that we bust our asses and yeah. that we get shit done. But when it comes to having us 
represented and having us have a seat at the table it's always kind of like no thank you you can go sit in in the back like you really don't you really don't matter so I think it is a very big deal and I hope that Biden really does come through on that because I'm gonna say it here if he doesn't he is not getting my vote when the time comes so keep that in mind they got to approve it. So it got to get through these fools. It's got through Congress. Yeah. Right. So but I mean, that, that's the other thing, too, because it was like, don't forget, Obama made a nomination to the Supreme Court and that fell flat. Exactly. Like that died. Yeah. So, so it's not, nominated- it might not necessarily be on him, but I think they increase their chances by doing it so early in the game. Because if they would have waited, that's why they push your boy that's out. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they I think that was going to say. The difference is, is that Barack was on his way out because right. it was so it was kind of second it was kind of like a lame duck type of situation. Exactly. Yeah. But, what, so. but what's amazing is Trump got one on days before he was because out. the Republicans are crazy. They sided with him. Like yeah, you have to make crazy. sure you have to make sure that when it comes to politics, it's it's a numbers game. So yeah. it's like you can do whatever, but you have to make sure you have enough votes to be able to do what you want to do. And unfortunately, Obama didn't have that on his side. But you know what? Also, the Democrats need to stop playing nice in the sand. These fools, don't, they ain't played nice in the sand ever. Ever. Anyway. So people are still scamming <laughs> off of COVID. Yo. Oh, yeah, people's yeah, gonna forever be scamming off of COVID. They said these two two nurses in Long Island forge, are they being charged with forging COVID-19 vaccination cards and entering fake jabs in the state's database? And allegedly they raked in over $1.5 million with this scam. Shit, sign me, sign me up for that shit. But you saw how much money they had at the house. But my question is, how they got like how they how did they get caught? Like, well, I'm looking at the article right now. And listen, this is why you have to be careful about your shit. Never write anything down because in the evidence, they have a copy of the ledger obtaining like the profits. So they were like writing all of this stuff down. So it's, it's like, don't, don't, don't keep track. Like don't have any physical evidence of, you know, there's a smarter way to do it, but pen and paper. Uh Oh, y'all can't see this. They seized $900,000 yes. from the house. In cash, <laughs> cash my dude. Cash. Hey, babe, they was making that money. But listen, y'all saw the husband, one of the one of the nurses, the husband is a police officer. They're investigating him. Y'all think, like, you got to know how much your wife made from a nurse. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, that money. Look at that I might but if she if they but here's again again if they were smart which it looks like they were because if they had nine hundred thousand dollars that means it wasn't in the bank it wasn't so when you do something like that you always have to be careful it's like you can't automatically just start putting stuff in the bank because people are going to ask questions you can't Mm -hmm. start spending money all crazy so it's like you really have to lay low with it so they were smart on that part but i'm like you can't you can't make me testify against my wife. Ain't that like spousal privilege? Like they, they, no, they, they investigating him. They finna see if he was involved in some kind of way. Cause you gotta have known 
some money was coming I don't, in I don't think so. I mean, unless she was doing something out of the ordinary, or to she me, was that's reasonable. Overtime. That was reason. Right? To me, that could be reasonable Listen, doubt. Exactly. Like one point five million minus nine hundred thousand. Oh, you ain't worked that much. Well, I mean, but even still, that's like two hundred thousand dollars, right? L, this is no, over. that's 600,000. I'm sorry, I can't add. That's like 600,000. And the COVID vaccine has been out for how long? Almost a year. Almost a year. You ain't made that in one year off of time and a half. You right, That's friend. true. Right. But again, I'm just, I'm just doing calculations. I'm you sorry. Right, again, unless, unless she was moving funny, you really can't say, you know what I'm saying? Know. Like, you just, you don't know. I don't look, know. I, I'll say he didn't, but wait, wait. Next. <laughs> so okay. a woman is claiming that Chris Brown drugged her and raped her on a yacht in December of 2020. And she's suing mm. him for $20 million. First of all, I didn't read the article, but did she go to the police? Did she go to the police? Thank you. Did she file a report? Thanks, Shug. That's why I want to go first. I want to go there. I mean, I I mean, I want to go there first. You remember I said you do the criminal case first, then you follow up. Then you, yeah. But why we're going civil? Did did we do a criminal case first? Did she? Did she go to the cops? Did she present the evidence? Like, what? Let me see. Let's see. All right. The complaint alleges that Brown then undressed and raped the woman, ejaculating inside of her and saying he was done. The following day, Brown allegedly demanded that Doe take the emergency contraceptive plan B pill. I don't so, think I don't think she went right when it happened. Uh, I mean, so all to a criminal case, or we just filing a civil case? I think that's my question. And I'm not trying to diminish nobody, but I, again. How we move is how that per- that perception is everything. And if this and is, also, if I'm, raped, I'm I'm not going for no bag first. If I, you know how we talked about that show, like if somebody gets raped, maybe you don't necessarily go to the police because you just don't think you're gonna be believed. All those things, right? Okay. I'm, I mean, we're gonna go no, for the money. But also, like that stands out to me because it's like, okay, the next day Brown says go take a plan B pill. So to me, if something happened to me and it might take me a minute to process everything, like I don't want you to be able to contact me or if you send me a text message or you have, you called me or whatever, I'm kind of going to be in the mind of, I need to prove that this happened. So I'm going to save that text message or I'm going to record that phone call or I need something to back up what, um, back up what I'm I'm saying. So if it's a whole 24 hours later, you know what I'm saying? Like I would tell somebody on the boat, like were, were you at the party by yourself? Were you with one of your home girls? Was there she somebody was with a friend. there? She was it, with a friend. They were both invited on the boat. It would just seem to me that if you had a criminal case, it would help your civil case. That's it. You're right, friend. And I mean, it was a male friend, so I need her male friend to be upset, and I need her male friend to have beat his ass, or at least try to, like, after I, all I of this happened. File us a criminal case. That, he should have beat his ass when it happened. I'm that's guy. what I'm saying. So I'm like, if it happened and I'm with a friend, especially a male friend, I need you to, to step up and, and beat the shit 
out of this dude. I need something to happen. Or even if I'm with my girlfriend, I'm telling you this is what happened to me and I need you to take me to the hospital or to the police station. After you get off the boat, what is he, is he going to hold you hostage the whole time? Like, eventually you got to get off the boat. Yeah. You're right. But but let's talk about who dodged this bullet. Who dodged this whole bullet? Rihanna is the winner here. Rihanna is the winner here. And next story. Boom. So wait a second. Can we talk about ASAP Rocky? Is he a good dude? I mean, we I know don't know he's, he's a good dude. I know he's cute. I know we he's don't know cute. He's a good dude. You remember I told you what you see on TV and what we see in pictures, it's not, not always happening. You know what I'm saying? But, but I know he's cute. He's attractive. He's cute. And they look is cute he? together. He and, is. He's a cute know? little boy. Yes, I will he give him to that. He's in love. She's in love. I think it's great. Okay. Well, okay. Then we're happy for them and the baby. Yes. Wait, are you not? Oh, wait. I mean, I'm kind of indifferent, but I'm only indifferent because I don't know this dude. That's the only thing. Like, I don't know him. Like, I don't know his music. Like, I don't know nothing. You don't know his music? You don't know fucking problems? You don't know fucking oh, problems? Oh, that's his music Yes. Oh. He hasn't been doing a lot of music lately. <laughs> you know, I think Rihanna to kind of put him off his square. Maybe he has been coming out of music. I'm just not aware of it. It ain't hit big, but... But you know, let him be in love. Maybe he'll get back to his music at some point. Uh-oh. But listen, I mean, Rihanna's on the come up. Because when I tell you the fact that now Savage is going to have stores in major cities, I'm so fucking excited. Because one of those cities is D.C. I'm super excited about that. Of course that. it's D.C. I mean, it's at Pentagon City. Did Philadelphia get one? I think Philly was on that list. Philly probably was on that list. Do you Philly. shop? Do you have some of her? Have you purchased some of her stuff? I have not. I have. I just I had. A, I just I ordered some stuff last night. I love fat water, like the the toner for your skin. I love it. I I'm just talking it. about me by Fenty. I order stuff by from Savage by Fenty. I got all types of bras and. I don't care about that. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the skincare products. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here Rihanna's for that. Winning. So I'm happy. So I am happy for her because she's winning. And this just is another way that she's winning. So I'm very happy. So also, I think thinking about intentional dating, this woman actually listened to her date. These are the this is a type of date and the type of man that I would love to be around and to be with. Like they had a nice conversation. They met each other. He told her that he liked cigars and she was very intentional on their first date and took him a cigar. And I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, that's cute. I mean, well, no, because here's the thing. So when I read it, I was like, it's sweet. I don't know if I would have done it. Well, matter of fact, it ain't no, I don't know if I would, I wouldn't have done it. Because what she did was she went to her father, who also smoked cigars. So she got a cigar from her father. And then her mother heard of what she was doing. So she wrapped it in some wrapping paper and some twine. And it was very cute. But I'm also like, okay, this is if this is the first date, I don't really know you like that. So I'm not, I'm not going all out like that on a first date. Well, so here's my thing. I have to because I feel like the guy should bit. be. I feel like the guy should be trying to impress me and and not the other way around. Oh, I'm well, so absolutely. I'm so proud of you. Toes. So Go I ahead. just to you a little bit in the sense okay. that and I'm going to tell you why. 
because I think that they were actually communicating via phone before they actually went out on the date. So it was only we, like two days. Yeah, like, I'm sure of it. It was a short period. I'm sure of that. But even right, still, but still, right. But also, it's like how much is a cigar going to cost? Like five dollars? Like well, come on. The only now. reason no, it depends. Like, it depends no. on the quality of the cigar. But listen, the only reason I okay this whole situation because first of all, I think in that video she said they had been talking for like two or three days. It wasn't that long before mm-hmm. they decided to meet up. Which I I was like, oh, that's a fast meet up. Normally you talk for at least two weeks or so. But anyway, it's cool. Only thing I was okay with was the fact, like you say. Her dad gave her the cigar, so she ain't really to put no money out. And the mama wrapped it in a paper bag with some twine. Right, it was cute. Much. It, yeah, it was cute. Yeah, right. it's cute and it's low maintenance. But also, right. I'm, yeah, it's like low, it's it's a low maintenance first date gift. But I but also feel like- I guess she did something for her after. Yeah, absolutely. Tip, tip for tap, but it's cool. Exactly, exactly. So I- I'm, we're gonna have to we're changing the conversation a little bit okay so I kind of want to do a disclaimer for like our listeners so there may be some triggering things coming up so we just sort of want to share that with you all before we move on so there is going to be talk of suicide and death and mental health so we just want to to share that and put that out there before we move on so lately I know on the last show, we just talked about like the death of Sidney Poitier and Betty White and Andre Leon Talley. And recently, like within the last two weeks, we have heard of the suicide of Ian Alexander Jr., who is Regina mm-hmm. King's son, the suicide of Chelsea. Oh, shoot. What's Chelsea's last name? Chris. Thank you. Chelsea Chris, the former Miss USA. And then didn't the mayor of Hyattsville, Maryland, did he commit suicide too? Yep, that was a gunshot. And then also um, Moses J. Mosley, who was an actor on The Walking Dead. So there have been like just off the top of our head, four suicides that have made the news in like the past two weeks. And it's just crazy. Like, and I feel, first of all, you feel bad. You feel horrible. And it's like, what has to be going on in people's lives for them to feel like they can no longer go on? Like the only option is for them to no longer be here. Like, it's just really sad to me. Um, I mean, I I think... I think it depends. And this was something that, you know, I was dealing with a couple of months ago after the um, suicide, the suicide of one of my close friends that I went to fam with. So I think it's just a reminder of everyone needs to be kind just because you don't know what people are going through. And then also, I think it also teaches us that not to look at the surface level, because these are all people who on the outside looking in, you would think they have everything going for themselves. They're celebrities, they're wealthy, they're beautiful, they're successful. And, you know, it just goes to show you that you never know what somebody is 
is thinking. And then I, I've also come to learn that when it comes to suicide, it's also looking back on it. It's, it's always those people that you never expect. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not people who show outward sides of being down or something was going on with them lately. It's just, it kind of just comes out of nowhere. And it's the last person that you would ever expect to, to do that to themselves. But that's why it's like, you know, check on your friends, even if it's a quick phone call, like, hey, you were on my mind or a text message, just like, hey, girl, you know, just was thinking about you. We should go for drinks or something soon, just because you never know. And then I also think, you know, going on year two of COVID is just a really difficult time. So that was also another reason why I started going to the gym, because I mentioned to my boo the other day, I was like, I think I'm starting to suffer from seasonal depression just because, you know, it is darker earlier, um, being in the house and, you know, just tired of the routine day-to-day stuff. So to break up things, I was like, okay, maybe I need to start getting into the gym and exercising and moving and to change the scenery to make myself feel better. But I also think that that's a very real thing. And then suicide is also a big stigma in the Black community because all of the people that we mentioned, all of them are black so that's things that we don't talk about it most people like oh you know go to church or you know pray or talk to god and it's like that's that's not necessarily the answer you can pray and go to counseling as well you can do both very true yeah and i'll say too the seasonal depression that we often talk about um, just be aware that it doesn't necessarily just have to happen during these darker times. So we normally see it come on in the fall and then it, it goes mm-hmm. away kind of in the spring. It's actually something that can happen at any time of the year, but it's happening at that time consistently. So right. if somebody's out there listening and saying, well, I kind of get this little mood in the spring or I get it in the summer, don't ignore that because that could still be considered seasonal depression just based off of that. So that's one thing I do want to bring up. I think this whole com- you know, conversation around depression, and I love what you guys were saying around you know, what it looks like and what people think it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you have to do realize is that a lot of people are able to hide a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have what we call chronic depression where they know what their symptoms are. They know how to manage it. And sometimes it gets to be too much. There may be that one incident that kind of tips that person over. So we think about depression. Here I got, you see, I done got, I'm going to change my little voice. Let me. <laughs> Oh God! She's her professional voice. Professional I know. I, KB. I was like, "Wait, did I just switch this whole thing?" <laughs> yes, you did. Switch it up real quick. Come on, Coach Switch. Dr. KB. Because okay. now Dr. KB is here. But anyway, <laughs> if we think about depression, we always kind of talk about this criteria, and I just kind of want to walk us through for listeners to really think about this. Is that, you know, because I also think that we throw the word depression out, and I want to talk a little bit about that because the person may not necessarily be clinically depressed, but maybe have a depressed mood. And that's two separate things. So I'm going to talk to you guys about a really easy way to think about the symptoms of depression. We call it sick ECAPS. We literally learned this. I think every pharmacy student learns this, but definitely on the hill of FAMU. But overall, when we think about depression, we're thinking about having um, at least five symptoms for at least two weeks of a time period. That's the first thing. So you have to have five of these symptoms I'm going to walk through one of them has to be either a depressed mood or loss of interest in activities. So it has to, that has to be present 
in order to have this classification or this clinical diagnosis. So that's one thing I kind of kind of want to walk through. We also think about the severity of the um, episode. So there's scales to kind of talk about if it's, you know, severe or not. Um, we also look at if there's a presence of psychotic symptoms. So a patient can also not only have depression, but have a psychotic episode at the same time. And that's when you start thinking about bipolar and mixed and all these other classifications that I won't go into, but just to let it be known that there's different ways in which it presents itself. That's kind of the purpose of this kind of talk. You know, we were talking about remission and, you know, when it goes away, I think one of the most interesting facts is that 15% of patients who get depression will never be in remission. So if you think about that, that's a pretty, you know, sizable number of people that with all the medication and with treatment or, um, you know, psychotherapy, they may not necessarily remit or go back into what we call remission where they are in absence of symptoms. So that's something also to really think about. And, and again, remission, we think about not having symptoms for at least two months or more. So that's when you consider to be in a remission. With the recent events, I think I think about you know, again, we always like, well, what were the signs? What were this, you know, that I could have noticed? And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Sometimes you will not pick up on it. You will not. I don't think it's something you put on yourself and say, I should have noticed something. I think key things are like social media posts. You know, you see people. And I think with Regina's sons, um, Regina King's sons posts, I think he had something on the day of, but it was so crazy because I saw the day before he was like, I've been gone. It was a couple of days before. It was like a regular day. You would not have gotten any kind of cue that was something was going on with him. And I think even with um, the ex Miss USA, um, Chelsea, she said something about being at peace. I hope you have a, like finding peace yeah. or something. You wouldn't have thought of that necessarily, but that might have been somewhat of a clue. But I feel like with Regina King's son, Ian. I didn't see any cues, any kind of, you know, but then you start seeing, I guess, some Twitter things where he was saying social media was difficult and things like that. So the bullying thing. Yeah, I think so. I think with that, it, it's kind of like survivor's guilt. You know what I'm saying? Because it's kind of like you'll look back on things and, you know, because it happened even when my friend did it. And I was like, you know, how did I miss this? You know what I'm saying? Like, was there something there that maybe I was just overlooking or I was too busy or, you know, I should have reached out more. And it's just like, you just feel so bad that that person is in a place of despair where they feel like that is their only and best option. So like you said, like if somebody wants to kill themselves, they're going to, they're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing you can do, but there's nothing you can do. And the longer it's untreated, I think um, one of the things we do know, the longer depression is untreated, you increase your risk for that suicide, right? So the important thing is to receive that treatment, but just to walk through some of those symptoms so that everyone can kind of think about this and keep SIG caps in your mind. You know, one of the things, a depressed mood is in there. That's, remember, that's one of those core ones that you have to have or loss of interest. When we talk about SIG, we think about the S in there is sleep disturbance. So you can either sleep too much or not sleep at all, right? Insomnia. Guilt, if it's really excessive, or even that feeling of worthlessness is also, so that's the, the, the G. The I is interest. So remember, that's all, also one of those key things, depressed mood or a loss of interest in activity. So when you're not feeling like the things that used to bring you joy 
are not bringing you joy anymore. We move to E, that's energy. When you really have a loss of energy or you're very tired. Um, again, this is consistent now. Sometimes, yes, you're gonna have bad days. You might have one or two days like you were talking about earlier, show where you were just real sleepy, but that's not a normal thing for you every day. We kind of look at these right. symptoms of having them on a daily basis. Remember for two, at least two weeks. Okay. Concentration, not really able to be um, concentrate or having problems with making decisions. Now, y'all know I got a problem making a decision every day. So that's not really, you know, that's just consistent. Shit. So anyway, appetite. The shade. The shade of it all. I'm going to let her have it because it's true. What what am I saying? Yeah. Um, Appetite changes. You might see people eat a lot or not eat at all. I know for me, when I'm in a depressed mood, or boredom, I eat. I I wish I didn't Same. want to. I wish I Same. had you, but anyway, I don't. I have um, <laughs> motor agitation or retardation. That's just movement. That's an issue with like you're moving and fidgeting and things like that. Um, and then lastly, suicidal ideation or actions. And I really like that they kind of changed this up a little bit because before it was definitely thoughts of um, suicide, but also thoughts of death. Like if you're really always thinking about death and your death, that's one thing, uh, but also having suicidal thoughts either with or without a plan. I remember when I was practicing, you would get really concerned if a person had a plan, literally. If they didn't have a plan, you put a note and started watching that person more. But if they had a plan, we immediately grabbing them up. Now it's with or without a plan, which I think is an improvement in the practice, right? Because we shouldn't Absolutely. wait. Even if you're just thinking about it, even if you don't have a plan, we need to be pulling you now, right? Because you can right. not have a plan and still make some stuff happen. So that's kind of the overall SIG E caps. And when we think about depression and the, at least five of those symptoms um, being there, I think too, when I was talking to y'all about, I think people just throw out depression all the time. One of the things we have standardized scales that psychiatrists and psychologists use to actually diagnose, you know, depression and, and show where you are on that scale, if it's severe, moderate or minor, you know, so forth. So it's important to also see a specialist so that you can really get that full diagnosis and understand what your options are as far as treatment. I think another piece is always understanding what your risk factors are. And just kind of thinking about this, um, we always talk about, you know, running in the family. First degree relatives, that's your mom or your dad, increased risk. So mm -hmm. if you have a family history of someone in a first degree relative that has um, depression, you are at increased risk. Life stressors, y'all talked about that, life stressors. If there's something happening in life, losing your job, all these other things that are happening, we'll talk about those risk factors, but that's one of those pieces that will definitely cause an increased risk for overall depression. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of lay out what risk factors are. I'm not going to use the word female because y'all done already caught me earlier today with that one. But I will say <laughs> women, women are increased risk of depression, indigenous people, middle age, Widowed, separated, divorced, low income. We talked about unemployed. Those with other psychiatric disorders, they're at an increased risk or even personality disorders. I kind of wonder, what's that man named Trump might have depression? Because he certainly got a personality disorder. Um, physical disability. You think about when you can't move around, people that are immobile, that that does bring on a, you know, a side of that. And even general medical conditions. So y'all know hyperthyroidism. I think 
I think Wendy Williams has hyperthyroidism, right? I think she has hyper, but hypo, we are, uh, it's really heavily linked to depression. Um, stressful life events, we already talked about people who are dying, like someone dying close to you. Exactly. If I can interject a little bit, mm-hmm. because, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be my question. And I say that for two reasons. One, when my mom passed away, Like, I remember I had a conversation with my dad and he made sure to say something to the effect of, don't think that you have to join her. Mm. That was very, um, you know, very aware of him to like say that. Yeah, but but I'm going to tell you why he said that or why I think he said that. Because... When my grandfather passed away and my dad is named after him and he and my dad were like super close, my dad did not take it very well. And I think that with him knowing how close I was with my mom and how he, how close he was with his dad, I think he wanted to make sure that I was okay and did not have the same reaction that he did. Hmm. So yeah. I gotcha. mean, I think that's, you know, if you know that people are going through major turn of events, I think that's a great time to have that conversation, right? I will tell you guys, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but when I was going through my separation, I was very depressed, <laughs> very depressed. I yeah. remember going in and just, I would drink every night. Like I would, get my daughter to bed because she was young she was three or four years old at the time I would get her I mean I'm out on my own for the first time at 32 I've never lived on my own never and I have a little person with me what the hell am I gonna do but I remember coming home every day and just staying getting getting it together for her she never knew right right I would get her to bed y'all and I would start to falling out I would boohoo cry for hours I would sit in a tub and just drink and just try to relax. I prayed for sure. But I think too, I took a break from therapy. So remember like when I was first going through it, we were in therapy together. When we decided to separate, we were in therapy, but then I stopped going to therapy. So there was a period where I wasn't going to therapy. I'm drinking like every night. I thought it was okay. It was wine. I'm like, oh, I'm keeping it light. But I was, I was clearly depressed in this way over two weeks, right? So I'm mm-hmm. eating more. I'm doing all these things. I'm feeling guilty about what has happened with the marriage. Like I'm having so many of these symptoms now because I was in the field and I'm literally, you know, talking to people, you know, I'm in the field. I know what this is. So I'm like, okay, I know not to do nothing, you know, and I know that when I need to, I'll go back. And I eventually went back to therapy, but recognize those moments when you have them and what those risk factors are, because that was a large stress. You know, we talk about divorce as being one of those things. That's a death. Mm -hmm. Call a thing a thing. And I mean, it's it's a living death. We've said that before. We've said Mm -hmm. that before here in this space. Yeah. It's a living death. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. Cause it's, it's a part of that. So I think those things, your dad knowing what he went through when he lost his dad, you know, us seeing other events happen, you're going to go through those moments that that happens. And, and another very interesting thing is that 
once you have one episode, it increases your risk of having another episode. So, and it goes up by a percentage. So for the first episode, you have a 50% chance of having a second episode. And that number just continues to increase. So the more episodes that we have, the more this can likely occur and continue to occur. So that's why you really want to get it under control if it's going to be a long life. It might just be one event. This might just only have happened this one time because this major thing happened to you. So I don't want to freak people out like, yes, you're going to always have it. But again, just recognizing if it happens again, okay, now let's see what we need to do this next time. So that's some of the other things I definitely want to kind of bring up. And just talking about that this is a not a common thing, but it happens in the U.S. So with among the U.S. population, we talk about prevalence. Um, the 12-month prevalence is, um, you know, of course, there's going to be many sources that are going to say different numbers. It depends on when they looked at it. But right now we're looking at a little bit over 10%. When we think about the 12-month prevalence of depression. And then in a lifetime, that number goes up to a little bit over 20%. So again, I think these are all the things that we want to think about, you know, talking about that 15% that never received remission, you know, that increase of um, risk of suicide increases with you're not getting treatment. And it's actually um, uh, estimated about 20% of untreated um, depression leads to um, suicide. So that number is significant. I think 1% is a lot, right? So we want to kind of watch those things. So those are some of the things we think about. I think when we think about the causes of depression, it could be a various things. Two big ones, of course, we think about neurotransmitters, but we also think about brain changes. So there are things that are happening in, in the brain that might be helping to lead to depression, but also you think about neurotransmitters. And I know everyone knows about neuroepinephrine, dopamine, and serotonin, but there's also other um, transmitters. I don't know about that, KB. Oh, so you always, y'all heard about dopamine being the one that gives you happiness. Y'all heard it's that? Upper, right, right, the high. Okay, so, high. Okay. Mm-hmm. so that's a popular one that people kind of know some drugs increase the dopamine levels, right? Serotonin is another one you'll hear about. Some of our first line medications we use for treatment of depression help to increase serotonin and dopamine. So norepinephrine is another one. So there's three that you'll hear about. There's others, but those are probably the three popular ones that people kind of mostly talk about. And then we think about treatment. I just want to mention this one thing because I kind of talked about me going to therapy. So treatment can look in different forms. Some people don't ever get on medication. I myself never got on medication. I just did therapy and I was okay. Some people use a combination of both therapy and medication. Some people even go through what we call um, electroconvulsive therapy, ECT. That's more of a severe form of depression that is um, considered to be refractory, um, that group that is not remitting, remember? Uh, And there's other treatments today. There's also some medications that we have out, some new medications that are being used for refractory depression. So it's a lot moving in that field to help. I can't mention some of the drugs because my company... Um, supports them. So can't mention them, but there are also medications that it's not a lost cause that are actually showing some really good um, data as far as helping those patients that are considered to be refractory um, patients for depression. So there's different treatment options, but think about those signs. Think about those people, like we say, check on our strong friend, but also think about when those things are happening in their lives that you know of. I personally have a friend who, you know, has depression She's had it for years, so it's, it's considered chronic. And she goes through these waves where, you know, she's being treated with medication. And when she calls me sometimes, and you can just tell she's just not happy, she's like, I'm struggling. You know, we talk and I build her up. And it's, it's so 
crazy because it's like she's amazing and you hear her talk in such a down self about like talk so down about herself and I'm like so you know how amazing but I have to get out of that because you can't say that to that person right yes we see that you are amazing Mm -hmm. but they don't see that and so it's just me listening to her being there for her and it was so crazy because this happened like a week or two ago and then she hit me up last week and showed me a picture of herself where she was feeling, she said, you know, I'm feeling myself today. You know, it don't always happen. I said, get it, girl. You know, I'm a cheerleader. I'm going to cheer you on because when you have those moments of hope instead of hopelessness, I want to feed that, right? I want to give you some of those neurotransmitters that you need at that point. So, I mean, just even having friends that are suffering from depression can be taxing because you're just like, what are you, what's going on? Right. Cause that honestly, KB, like that was going to be my question is like, if we have like friends and family and loved ones, like in our lives who, who may suffer from depression, like how, you know, how can we support them? Like, what's the best thing that we can do? Really telling them about getting treatment. This is not something that the average person can manage. You cannot manage that person. You know, I know my friend has a therapist. She's also on medication. So I know she's being supported in that way. So I'm like thankful. And if I think like, hey, how are you doing with your medication? Like we've talked about her medication and her other options. You know, she's been on it for so long and has tried certain medications, but you can always augment. We call it augment when you add on another medication to help out. And if it gets to a point, I'm going to kind of recommend some of these medications for refractory. So if you don't have that knowledge base, don't worry about it. Make sure you, you know, really encourage that person to seek therapy, seek help. So that they're not trying to do that. And you're not putting that on yourself. Gotcha. Thank you, KB. That's good to know. Ooh, KB, I'm so proud of you. I mean, and the thing is like, so listen, the thing is, is that, you know, we like know what each of us does in our professional lives, right? But I love to see my friends and my people in their element. So the fact that you just shared all of that with us and, you know, we were able to listen to you and see you in your element and see you animated, like, I love it. I know, so thank I, put you professional, so I put the professional voice in everything. And I think what ended up happening was so funny. I think y'all told y'all, I hated the subject area in school. Hated it, okay? Because mm-hmm. it's not exact. Every patient is so different. different. What works for you, should will not necessarily work for me. And it's right. our chemical makeup. So right. it's, it's a very like difficult thing to really manage. And I think what I saw just from working in the hospital setting is so many of people like us coming in there. And like you said, that stigma of them not wanting to receive treatment and them opening up when they saw me. Like I would have patients tell me stuff that they wouldn't tell their their doctor, their psychiatrist (laughs) or their psychologist. I would go to the psychologist or the psychiatrist and say, you know, such and such is happening with such and such. And they were like, he told you that? Yeah. But I look like him. Right. And that's why I encourage people, if you have a passion to help people and to see that weight lifted, and it doesn't always happen. I've had patients dial me when I was in the hospital from suicide. I still remember one, I was doing his pain management and it got to be too much. And, you know, was abusing opioids and that's your favorite word, L. 
And I just want you to know that that actually contributes to depression. I just wanted the medications. I'm so sorry. Oh, I believe it. No, it's not my favorite word. I just can't say it. Opioid. <laughs> so it actually contributes. And so that's one of the things, but you know, people that are also, you know, medicating with substance abuse. I mean, you think about the amount of people who try to self-medicate, mm-hmm. we self-medicate with alcohol. We self, you know, self-medicate with Food, drugs, drugs. Um, anxiety actually increases the risk of, of suicide. So mm-hmm. when you think about all those things, I think what holds to me and why I ended up becoming so passionate about it and going for my board certification was really around that shit is affecting us. That shit is affecting us at a high ass rate. So it, it's so funny. I even have one of my other friends whose brother has been diagnosed with schizophrenia and her mom calls me. <laughs> She texts me before she's going to a doctor's appointment and I tell her everything she need to ask, everything she need to say. She tell me when they change their medication, I ask questions, why did they do this? It was just a sad, I think I told this story before, or they made a change and still had two meds on board. And I said, why did he do that? He need to do X, Y, and Z. Went in the office with my text message, read everything. Do y'all know he changed it to what the hell I had said? Cause I knew he had messed up. Right. And I said, did you ask him why he did that? He ain't never respond to her. And it's just mm-hmm. like, if we're not going to do this and be here for our people, who the hell is? Absolutely. Because we're not able to, like, we're not always able to advocate for ourselves because we don't have the tools that we need to do yeah. it. And that's also important to expand your, 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 your circle, expand your village. True. Like I'm calling L. L. no, is something going on at my daughter's school? Hell, I'm calling you. If it's a damn engineer situation and I know some engineers <laughs> posting, I'm like, sure, you ready to come on in over here? Because it's an engineer uh, job. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's how do you expand your horizons and your circle? You're not going to know everything. I don't know everything. Right. But I want to be able to make a phone call and find somebody who do know. Facts. Very true. Thank you, KB. Now this let me get back to my ratchetness. Uh, Listen, we ain't got time for no ratchetness. It's time to wrap this up. We I'm, I'm just saying, like on a regular day, though. I know, but this shows that we are a diverse group of ladies. We can be serious and we can have fun. So yeah, but but I'm glad we had this conversation because I feel like it it needed to be had. Yeah, especially as we enter year two of the pandemic, and like you said, should there are some people who are still at home who still ain't been in work, who still ain't been in an office, who are still yeah. isolated. You know, yeah, even I, people I mean, who are still scared to go out in the world. Yeah, and I think that's the the tough part. So like for people who are single or who have family who aren't in the area with them and that's why it's like okay I feel like God might have us going through all of this for a particular reason and it's just kind of like you know reset especially in the United States of America because it's like we work ourselves to death and it's kind of like is that really what's important like that's not why you're here you know what I'm saying so literally the teacher in PG County Maryland who died in her class she was found dead in her classroom in her classroom is that like she literally worked herself to death death. and people and somebody mentioned like oh that's so great that she died loving what she do no nigga that's not great that's not great at all 
I don't yeah. want to die in my office. I don't want to die in my office. I don't either. I don't either. That is great. But you know what? Even from the isolation, I was just thinking, and should to your point about what lesson we're supposed to be learning. Some people get their energy off of other people. So if you think about somebody, who's yeah, exactly. Isolation, right? That's a problem for them. But then, how do we curve that and learn other ways of getting those endorphins and and, and neurotransmitters going that we need to get going? Is that also, and if you're a you know believer of God, is that something where now I should be putting my energy into focusing on God, and maybe that gives me my my right. So I mean, exactly, I think is no joke for a, for a lot of people. Exactly, and that's why I was like, okay, I had to get back into the gym because it was like, okay, I gotta start moving again because my mechanism would be going to walk in the park, and because it's it's very cold outside and it gets dark Dang. earlier, I can't do that. So now Dang. I need to have something else that will still give me that same boost of energy. It would just have to be in a different environment. And now I'm starting to read more. I'm sleeping more. I'm resting. So it's kind of like, okay, I got it. Cause I was one of those people. I was working myself to death and it's like, sit down, Shug. like just sit your ass down. Like you don't have to do everything right now like take care of yourself so i when we close it out i think that's the message take care of yourself first and foremost and then everything else will fall into place absolutely that's a great way to end the show so thank you all for joining us this has been another episode of the feminine files bye don't forget to listen rate and review us on apple Podcasts. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. Connect with us on social media at Memoir Files on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Feminoir Files. Bye!